So we're going to keep it rolling here um, and and let's keep it moving with the portal. So the off season, we talked a lot about Shaq. So we kind of covered that. That was the, and candidly, that was the only like negative of the off season. Somehow that was the only negative of the off season. Because when we entered the off season versus Liberty, like Willie, Rob, we had a podcast where we're just like, we're just like, Who's going to leave? <laughs> I was fully expecting a mass exodus after the Liberty game. I was yep. ready for maybe Mark and Eric to be left on the team. And that was it. Maybe. Yeah. It's nice. It worked out the way it did. I will say when things are going in your favor in the offseason, the whole transfer portal is pretty fun. Like it, has a whole, <laughs> it has a whole different element to this, which I was like, oh, we've never really had this before, you know, because we've never been as active and now everything's opened up. And now NIL is like pretty out there. So it's just like, oh yeah, we're making deals and we're going after this guy. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of fun. It extends the season. It adds a whole new element. And look, when, when you get the guys you want, obviously there were some misses we had, but like all in all, you look at who we brought in and we'll get into this. You look at who we brought in and you say, okay, like filled a lot of the needs. Like that, that looks pretty good. So yeah, it definitely did not go the way I predicted though. I mean, I'll be honest, like, I don't know what you would have predicted. Like, it's just so fucking chaotic. It's like, it's such a crapshoot. I just, yeah, it's kind of, to predict anything with that, looking back on it, is like such a fool's errand. And I kind of hope it stays like that year after year. It's like, ooh, like, what's going to happen? You never know. But it keeps you on your toes. keeps you engaged. gives you another month of content. So I'm here for it. What I love most about the portal, and we can get into, like, all the players that we got and the process, but is at the beginning, you don't, like, I feel like re- recruiting, you know, going in, our, these are our 10 targets, and we expect to get three out of the 10 of these targets. In the portal, you don't know until that tweet comes, and then it's immediately right after that you're there going there. So you're like, oh, we should target X, Y, and Z, but you don't know that it's going to happen. There's 45 other teams also. We saw the list that every player would tweet, or every, um, like, Norlander or Paris would tweet. Arkansas would say, was on every yeah, Arkansas is on every list, and there's a list of 30 teams that have reached out to someone. You have no clue what's going to happen. And for us to come out with, obviously on paper, but the team that we have come out with of the four transfers we have in TJ Bamba, Tyler Burton, Hakeem Hart, and Lance Ware, it's, I mean, it's huge. This was absolutely huge. Um, My praise goes to Kyle. It goes to the coaching staff. It goes to the boosters. Um, And we're like, we're in position to roll. Thank you, Mr. Rhymes with Hopper. Hello. <laughs> Very much appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is that <clears throat> Villanova's established itself as like an elite NIL program, it seems. Yep. Um, which is something that people said like a couple months ago, even like smaller schools, non-football schools are gonna struggle uh to be considered elite NIL programs. And I think Villanova has pretty much defied that now Chris as you said earlier I think for the for the the quote-unquote boosters to stay supplying and stay supporting they're going to need to see results on the court right um but I think the fact just that we can have established a top NAL program is 
uh, pretty outstanding and sort of sets a foundation. Uh, you know, add the the Baker as the GM role exactly. sort of moving, and being early, very early on that trend, even if not the absolute first, right? Um, I, I just think that, you know, after the go back to the, after the Liberty game, like I think there was a lot of conversation of like, where do we go from here? Um, and I think in like two short months, right, we've uh, like actually be pretty optimistic about the future of the program because of the business-like foundation that's been formed. The the thing that was crazy to me, and it's not only true for Villanova, it's true for the entire Big East, was like the way the Big East conducted itself this offseason was like, oh, we, 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 we think that the MSG thing is like a, we have to have heavyweight fights now. <laughs> like, like it was crazy. Like St. John's brings in uh, Patino. Patino gets that guy – Repo, repo, I don't know how to say his last name. The guy from um, Vitamin Water, that billionaire guy from Vitamin Water, he's oh, now the NIL yeah. guy at yeah. that at that school. Like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're bringing in guys fucking left and right, like, and, and they're gonna be whatever. And so it's now become like a fucking arms race in this conference. And like, it, it got to a point where it was like, like we got Bomba and and Hart, and you're like, we've had a good portal and it's like and it's like oh shit even with bomba and heart we're probably six seventh in the big east but wild and more back right like probably six seventh in the big east it's like fuck like to keep up with the joneses here it's like it's almost like the conference i feel like there was an ebb and flow and i'm bringing the conference into this only because it was like i feel like there was an ebb and flow where you had to like keep up with the joneses the entire time and you're like jockeying for position in conference and it was like this tyler burton thing i would have never imagined a month ago that we would bring in another wing i thought it would be like impossible that we'd bring another wing without anyone departing right and and then we go and get the burton who was one of the prizes of of the entire portal and it was like it was like all of a sudden it was like well when Bomba committed I was like Bomba's perfect like Bomba's literally villain of a basketball embodied and bringing him in and then you get this guy Burton at the end of it and it's like holy fuck like 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 and and it feels like we did that just to be like uh, we're probably now third in the Big East right? <laughs> third or fourth in the Big East and it's like that's insane insanity. Right, like like third or fourth, depending on whether or not you put us versus Creighton. Meanwhile, you got UConn and Marquette who are like you're probably calling preseason final four contenders. Like it's honestly, it's honestly crazy because the way the conference and Villanova have all kind of put their chips in the middle of the table with this with this year. And that's like the big thing where we like we put our chips on the table. We as a program from top to bottom for the way we handled it from a business standpoint, from a basketball standpoint from a process standpoint, put our chips on the table and said, we're not going to, we're not going to fade into darkness. And at least, and like, obviously, at least like from a process standpoint, we'll see how Kyle puts everything together next season. But from a process standpoint, we, we weren't going to fail. We weren't going to let ourselves fail. And the one that really shocked me was like, to your point, Bamba made sense when we got it. Hart made sense. Even Lance Ware, I was like, this all makes sense. Those were, those all addressed needs. Not that Burton's not a need, but Burton was the, we had an extra scholarship left, which we have, I don't think we've ever under Jay had utilized all 13 scholarships. 
We have never utilized all the scholarships. We had this extra scholarship left. And not only did we off like we like we we missed on Brady Dunlap went to St. St. John's. And maybe that wasn't a miss. Like I don't know how fully we were going after him, but we were we were at least around. But I thought if we were gonna go after a wing, it would be a younger developmental wing. But no, we went after Burton, who if Burton had come out in the portal originally, probably would have been the top rated wing, maybe like second rated wing in the portal. He was like, I know you guys know I do like I do draft stuff. I have loved Burton for like last two years. I thought I still think he's an NBA player. I thought he was probably going to be like a two way level player this year. I had him like 64th on my board, which is essentially being like he could get drafted, but like maybe he goes back to school and he wouldn't when he I didn't think we had a chance. And then the trilogy tweet came out and I was like, wait, holy shit, we're, we're doing this. And that signaled to me just such a big mentality change for this program. Like, I, for better or for worse, this isn't Jay Wright's Villanova anymore. No, no. Before just we to, move, oh, before yeah, we move ahead. on a little bit further, sorry, Trevor, I just pause you for a moment. Rob, I know you have to got to jump, but final final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, I will say I'll say my final thoughts on the season and the team, and they'll parlay it into my overall final thoughts. Um coming similar to Willie coming out of or coming into the off season, I thought things could really hit the fan and things could fall apart. And somehow they have done very much the opposite in my mind. I think this team has a lot of really interesting pieces. I think the challenge for the coaching staff and the team this year or next year is going to be to figure out how all those pieces fit together um, you know, we've talked so much about and heard so much about year after year, the time it takes, whether it's defense, da, 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 da. and it's more importantly, just kind of like gel as a team and understand how people play. You've got a lot of new faces in here who, you know, probably all thought they were going to be starters when they were signing a board and now they have to compete and there may be contrast with the existing guy and kind of what they thought they were going to have this next season. So I think it's going to be a challenging year from a player management standpoint, as well as from an actual like coaching execution standpoint. But if they're somehow able to get that to work and get the team to gel, like the potential and like the pieces are there for this to be a really interesting team. And I will say, I think it's pretty exciting. Like to think about like an evolution of the team and the program of like, look, we're doing something totally different next year. It's going to be, you know, Kyle's first like full on swing at this because last year he took what he took and like that was just him doing the best that he could with it um, with something that was given to him. And now this is all on him and this will be a next chapter for Nova. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's going to be fun to watch um, regardless and just kind of see these guys ball and see how the team evolves um, and see where that that brings in, which I think is a good segue too. like, you know, kind of like I alluded to. You know, I'm excited to see what the now uh, rebranded Nova Insider Network uh, evolves into and what this podcast evolves into. You know, we've got a lot of talent on tap with Trevor coming aboard, obviously with Chris coming aboard as part of the broader network and, um, and Tommy as well, too. So uh, similar to to the team, uh, obviously, this podcast and everything's in good hands as well, too. So I guess with that, you know, I'll sign it off, but I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll definitely make some guest appearances for sure. But it's been a blast, guys. Rob, thank you. 
my love to all our listeners. Love you guys. Thanks, Ron. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Ron, hate you. <laughs> bye, Ron. <laughs> Brian, you're the worst. <laughs> bye, guys. Yeah. Bye. Um... Oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> I thought he would never leave. <laughs> my, um, my thoughts were kind of similar on the same line. Like, this is really great on paper but it'll be really interesting to see how it looked like it was the same thing going into last season on paper. Oh, this is great. Like Cam wasn't hurt at the time. It was okay. Whenever Justin gets back, but this is all really great on paper. We've never had to manage a roster this deep before. Um, hopefully that becomes a good thing and, and we can kind of do what, um, didn't Marquette kind of run like two units almost or which, which team am I thinking of that just, uh, they UConn. basically had like a starting five and then their next five that were just equally as, as UConn. Uh, UConn. Yeah. Yeah. That wagon. Um, so on paper, great. I'm interested to see how it affects the guys that were already coming back. Um, you think of like Trey and Nana and, um, and how this affects Mark's playing time. You wanted him to develop and get the chance to develop the older guys. It's like, Kind of, we've we've seen some Nana. I don't think has played a meaningful minute yet. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see how these guys affect their development too. I mean, in theory, it's more guys in the gym that you're battling against and and improving against every day. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm really after last season. So, like, let's just call a spade a spade. The way the last season played out. The team never became – it became very obvious that there were personnel issues on the team that were that ran deeper than than I think we understood going into the season, right? Like, right? like I think there was a thought, like, some mix of Angelo Brizzi and Mark Armstrong and maybe to a lesser extent Chris Argidiacono could hold the fort another point guard position until – more came back. That was obviously stupid. Like, like it was obviously dumb, right? Like, and then there was, and then obviously Trevor, you raised the point that like Cam Whitmore wasn't supposed to be hurt, but like he was hurt for the first seven, eight games. So like you kind of had this, these things that took place that really hurt the team from a personnel standpoint. And then in the middle of all that Longino, who was arguably one of our better defenders, was was hurt for a long swath of time. More comes back late, whatever. We all know kind of the personnel factors there. But the coaching staff also never made the whole greater than the sum of its parts. And I'm not certain that absent three or four games in February ever made the whole equal to the sum of its parts. Right? Like, so, like, we were pretty much on the, like, don't be fucking nuts. Like, we're not firing Kyle. Like, don't even put him on that block. we got to be patient standpoint. A hundred percent, because you can't ever expect a second-year head coach to match a Hall of Fame. Right? Like, like, do I think Jay Wright would have made the tournament with last year's squad, everything else being the same? I think he probably finds a way. Right? Like, you win four more games, three, four more games, which doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but you flip our record into like a 20, 21 win season. I think you could probably get that done. Right. 
But because Kyle didn't do that, right? Like, even with this portal season, my like, I'm still kind of on like my minimum requirement is this team has to make the tournament, like has to make the tournament this year. Like, and if it doesn't make the tournament, then, then I think the, then I think it like not only invites, but I think it's probably going to be very serious talking about Kyle on the hot seat. I, I like, and it's crazy to say that because to me, a college coach deserves three, four, five, not even three, four, five years like to get them recruiting class, get them in, whatever. But that's not how it works anymore with the portal, right? Like the fact is, is that get old, stay old. We got old already. We're already old, like right now, right? Like, and I understand that it takes time to get guys to gel and do things, whatever. But one of the things that impacts our freshmen is that we just expect a almost professional level of commitment to basketball at Villanova. That is what, like I would say is, the Villanova culture more than anything else is that is that we just don't like we, we hate freshmen is like a, the joke. But it's it's not only that, it's really that we expect our players to conduct themselves in a professional manner the moment they step foot on campus. Right. So to some degree, the transfers that are coming in, given how high level they are, probably are at that borderline professional level in terms of like being juniors, seniors, whatever. They've been around the block multiple times with D1 high, high end D1 programs. They should be able to absorb that element relatively quickly. Now how the whole thing comes together chemistry wise on the court and gels is a different story. But when you look at the pieces of this puzzle, it's hard to come away with an expectation that is less than top four Big East round of 32 level thing. And I think a lot of my Twitter follows would say that's even low, but like candidly, like I have to, uh, I have to handicap that for the fact that like Kyle did bring my expectations down last year, just to, Point blank, like my expectations are lower than they were because 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 of the way, because of how last year went. Now, is there an argument to be made that last year's team personnel issue was so deep that he even got them to perform above that? Yeah, but I don't buy it. Right? Like, like I straight up don't buy that. Like, I to me, I think it's like Kyle needs to be able to step. I don't need to be able to get if this team only performs at the at the level that is equal to the sum of their parts this has to be a top four even as good as the big east is this has to be a top four big east team this has to be a round of 32 caliber team and the only reason why i stop at round of 32 is because as we've seen with jay wright like tournament's a fucking crapshoot so so making the sweet 16 is not guaranteed what i wanted to add and i'm doing the math here the point about getting old and staying old, just to give an idea of how old we are, we have five players who are using their extra year of eligibility, whether it's COVID or whatever it is. There are five players who have technically graduated from undergrad and are playing. Arch, Moore, Dixon, Burton, and Hart have all graduated as an undergrad and are using an extra year of college basketball. 
Bamba is, I believe, a true senior, unless there's a red shirt I'm missing. So that makes six true seniors. Um, is Trey Burton a not Trey Burton? Wow, um, Trey Patterson a senior? I'm just off the top of my head. I can't. He came halfway through. Okay, COVID it's his year. Third COVID that year. Count. Yeah, he enrolled early, like. So like last year, this the season we just finished was would have sophomore. been his sophomore, sophomore season. Okay, but he added uh, he enrolled early, so I don't know if that makes him a year. He I don't did know. Not, he he didn't burn eligibility by coming early. Yeah. All right. Regardless, third season of college basketball at the very least. Expectations for him aside, third season of college basketball. Not only are we old, they're experienced. Ever those ever, all those people I just said all have played five year, four or five years of college basketball. So, like, putting everything together, we have a mature team, we have an older team, put it together. And to your point about the hot seat, um, what I want to call out is we've already seen with how the boosters handled the portal that they're willing to shell out. So I think the level for – like, I think the boosters' expectation, and by boosters I mean, like, the program, whatever you want to call it, the powers that be – it's going to be a little bit higher for Kyle because one, they've shelled out here, but two, I think we're, we're seeing that like, Hey, if Kyle doesn't meet expectations, we're just going to go get a coach. Who's going to be able to go do that. And I think we're seeing that we're more than capable of doing it. Maybe we keep it in house with Baker or Ashley, but I kind of feel like if Kyle really does not work out, if this is not a great season, this coming season, we're going to go say, knock on the door of schools to the south of us, schools to the north, and be like, we want you to come coach Villanova. It is a – it's a more money, more problems year. Like, like, I don't know how to say it better than that. Like, this is this, this is what Kyle's going to have to deal with. Like, hey, here are all your toys. Make them work. <laughs> like, you know but, what I mean? But, but what a blessing that, like, we're – you know, the, the segment is to talk about the transfer portal – the only argument I've seen that is in any way legitimate criticism is that they didn't get like a natural big. Yeah. They got Lance Ware, but they didn't get a natural big, but like throw that away. Like, I don't know. You could have expected Kyle Neptune and company to do any better than, than what was done in the transfer portal season. So issues with coaching performance, performance on the court, be what they may. Once we get into the season, if you're just looking at tra- like transfer portal season, it is a it is like I, I think I, I don't know whether Chris it's an it, a, it a, plus, a plus, 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 plus. like yeah. yeah would I've loved a seven footer of course I would I would have loved that for the last twenty years but uh, just a phenomenal job to get us to the season with like real optimism crazy toxic positivity land aside you know what I mean. Yes, right, right. Like we could be talk, we could be positive without being toxically positive. Is is your point? It's like the sky is not falling, which is crazy. And the last couple of years, like the last few seasons, it's like, like it hasn't necessarily been like super flashy offense. Last year, it was like struggling to find buckets when we needed buckets, and like coming into this year, it's like, man, like how awesome is it? Have so many like guns on the roster. You know what I mean? And it really just goes back to if this team doesn't perform, I, I just keep coming back to this. If we don't perform, if the, if the results don't shake out in the court, I don't mean right away. I mean, like in general, right? Like, like I, I've been around the, the 
the block too many times to know like <laughs> that that like even that final four team two years ago like didn't win the big game in the first two months of the year right like like and chris you you know that well we all went through that together where yeah, we're you, like, lose, you lose these so you win them in march or april it was like i was like writing that a hundred times on my mirror in the morning you know what i mean like, yeah. but it was right like if, if we lose a little bit in november like i'm gonna have a little bit of patience for that only because it will take time for this team to gel but like it should take time for this team to gel but that's not an excuse to like not be really good, right? Like, like this team needs to be really, really good in order to at least put Kyle in a position where he can go out and recruit. One, one of our Twitter followers pointed out, he's like, I, I think Kyle needs to make the sweet 16 this year. And he's like, my expectation on that front is not necessarily because I think it's a fair expectation but because there is so much pressure because of this NIL and the booster thing that like he needs to make the sweet 16 this year because it'll put enough of everybody at ease so that the hot seat goes, the hot seat conversation goes away and then he can recruit actually freely going forward, which I thought was an interesting, which I thought was an interesting point, but like, we're now, because of NIL, it's a weird situation where if the boosters keep uh, the boosters shelled out a lot of money, the boosters could go to Father Peter, could go to Mark Jackson, right Baker, and go and go. We're not going to shell out anymore unless you remove this coach. It's like it's like a different level of yep. say than 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 has ever occurred before, and then it's like. Then if you're Father Peter, then if you're Mark Jackson, you have to say to yourself, am I going to stick my neck out for a guy, for this guy, or am I going to be like, I, as someone who has a fiduciary responsibility to this university, right? Like, am I going to like tell a booster who probably also donates to the rest of the university to go fuck themselves, right? Like, and like that, there is like a different calculus to all of this NIL thing, right? Like, and it all is great if you win, right? Like, and and everyone's happy. Everyone's happy if you win because then everyone can go about their day. Mr. Rhymes with Hopper can 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 keep writing those checks and 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 that's all good. And they're happy and we're happy and program's happy and the university at writ large is happy. And everyone's good and hunky dory. But if it doesn't work out, then it's like, is Kyle Neptune's job worth losing a donor to the university? Right? Like that's at that level of caliber. Right. Like, and, and it's just like it's just like there's like different levels of equations here that didn't exist before that this NIL thing brings into the table. And Willie, we had a podcast earlier in the season where we talked about the NIL and like and like what what's in bounds now. Do is TJ Bomba just to use an example? Is TJ Bomba above criticism because he's not just a college player who is um um 
like he's not just a college player who doesn't make any money. Like he's making better money than I do most likely. And so, and so it's just kind of, it, it all just kind of invites all these questions that I think in the past we used to be able to kind of float around with the ease of like, I'm not going to criticize a guy because he's just a college kid, not making any money. Like, and so to, like, all those things come into play now as we kind of have this hyper NIL situation and this great transfer portal class, like a lot of expectations come running in and those expectations come with like teeth is, yep. is kind of the point. I Some need to you- say that I think sweet 16 or bust is a ridiculous take. I think that there's no chance of any coach movement if Villanova has an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament this year, I think that's like there's there's no there's no world in which Nova makes the tournament, and then we're talking about the coach Neptune being worried for his job. I don't so know. this is I I thought that, but then Chris's point, and this is what I think about it. I I think Kyle needs to do something to prove it to it, prove it. And what I mean is like, all right, let's say it's not Sweet Sweet Sixteen, but it's. Biggie's regular season title or Biggie's conference tournament title, I think that's enough. But if we finish fifth in the Biggie's, losing the semifinals, are an eight seed, and then losing the opening round, is that enough? That's where that conversation begins to happen. I it could be. It depends on how the season goes. But that's where I'm like, you could see the seats may be warm. If if that's an underperform, the seats may be warm there. I, I would agree with that just insofar as like there's definitely gonna be a Twitter conversation. This is gonna be a Twitter yeah. conversation going on no matter what. Yeah, there, there's definitely gonna be a Twitter, Twitter conversation. conversation. It's already I, a Twitter in that scenario you just yeah. laid out, Willie. I don't see there being like real university movement at that point. Yeah. But I agree with you that that then is like, okay, next year we gotta do better. We can't do this again. You know what I mean? But what if a, like a particular booster or four, right? Like, which is all it really takes, as we proved out with St. John's, just basically just says like okay see ya like i'm good like like okay then then x y and z person transfers after this year x y and z person doesn't come we don't get certain guys in the portal and then the team the following year sucks right like like it it quickly death spirals right like it is really like a weird situation i agree with you chris that like in most circumstances, I think an at-large, this is why I said minimum requirement. In most circumstances, an at-large bid probably gets the job done. But using Willie's example, let's just say the Big East is really good. Like, really, really good. Right? Which it's projecting to be. And fourth or fifth in the Big East still gets you like a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. Right? which is like kind of what UConn was at. I think UConn finished four or five in the Big East and got a four seed this past year. So it, it, it's not that crazy to suggest. And that team goes out and fucking gets like loses to like a Winthrop, right? Like, like just to use an example of a five twelve game that we played recently, loses to Winthrop in the first round, right? Like, and it comes on the heels of like a <laughs> Kyle draws a, played and throw a 40 foot heave by Eric Dixon at the end of the game. Right. Like, like, but like, I mean, it's what happened to Virginia, right. This past year. So it's not like a crazy outcome to happen in the NCAA tournament, 
You finished fourth or fifth in the Big East, and you got, yeah, you got a four or five seed, but fuck, you couldn't win a game in the NCAA tournament with like seven or eight seed lines. I could see a world in which the boosters have a fucking mutiny, right? Like, I, like it's, it sounds nuts, but, but we're kind of in a different world now. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I just think that there's no chance we have a coaching vacancy at this time next year if the team makes the tournament. Like, just no chance. Yeah, I, I tend. We got our first take, maybe. To agree, but I like it. I like it. We do have a take, Trevor. I'm reading something about NIL right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. One more time. <laughs> All good. The the point was like, is there a chance that we have a coaching vacancy if we make the NCAA tournament next year? I would hope not. Okay. I think I think making it is step one. Um, it's it's hard to. F- I, I don't know. People are crazy. <laughs> I, I agree with <laughs> Willie that if it's like you make it and and you underperform at that point. Maybe the seat gets a little warm if the circumstances are like perfect storm yeah. enough. But there's just no. I mean, I just I, like yeah. I don't want to hear it. I want to give the guy more time to develop as a coach if he I, is you know, does this banging job with the transfer well, portal. Gets the, the debate tr- is whether the debate is not about the debate is not about if it's the right thing to do. The debate is if it will happen or not. I'm I'm it'll get warm. There will be conversation about it. It just really depends on how the season goes, honestly. Like, if that is a massive disappointment for the season, it'll get warm. I don't – I do think if he, if we make the tournament, there's not – it's not going to happen. But the conversations will be – there will be people on VU Sports. There's going to be people in the comment sections being like, I don't know. I heard that, you know, blah, blah, blah is not happy. Um, but I don't think – we make the tournament, I think it's fine at the end of the day. My attitude is you make the tournament and you lose in the first round, depending on how the season plays out. He is like, so it could oscillate a little bit, but like baseline, you make the tournament at large, whatever. I think he's safe, but he only makes the first round. I think this, the seat stays warm. I think he wins a game and I think he's totally safe for at least a couple years. I think he wins two games and then I think we're not having a conversation for a bit. Yep. Twitter might have a conversation, but like no one serious is having a conversation. If he takes next year's team to the sweet 16, I don't think anyone of any seriousness is having any conversation. All right. We got to move on. Um, a little bit. I, look, we talked a lot of portal stuff. In, in the middle of all of this, George Talkovich did move on to the Buffalo job. We did touch on that a little bit earlier. Ashley Howard left Friends of Nova to come back to the program. To me, that's a really good move. One of my perspectives on last year was that Kyle needed a guy with head coaching experience. I didn't care what the head coach experience really was. I just felt like he needed a guy with head coaching experience on the roster. Um, And Ashley Howard coming back, obviously he's been close to the program, but him being there, 
Baker Dunleavy coming in as GM, who would theoretically be close to the program. And then through the whole entire Hunter Dickinson saga, we also did learn that Jay Wright is kind of like the Pat Riley to Villanova was how Hunter Dickinson kind of referred to it, which I thought was like a, I thought that was interesting. I learned something from that about my program from the Hunter Dickinson round ball podcast or whatever it was. So, so like that taught me a little bit more about Jay's influence. So like he's present. Um, If obviously he's not running the show, but he's present. Factor in Baker, factor in Ashley. You have a lot of head coaching experience now that is supporting Kyle Neptune, which is, I think, on the coaching staff, the biggest missing piece. I long felt last year that that when you brought Kyle in, who was like 37, 38 years old, you had George Elkovich, who's roughly my age. I think he's like 36, 37. You have Mike Nardi, who's a couple years older than me, um, who's probably so he's probably Kyle Neptune's age. You had all these guys who were like right Dwayne Anderson's my age, like so like all these guys who were like roughly the same age, kind of having to work together and have a hierarchy. And like I, I've been in corporate America long enough to know that that doesn't exactly jive well, right? Like, like if you're of a certain age, right, like a, a, and people like to say all the time, oh, you can be humble or whatever. That's all great, whatever. But like, if you're of a certain age, you have a certain level of experience, right? Like it's easy to look above you and a guy is not performing up to par relative to expectation and just be like, I could do better, right? And the moment that thought starts creeping into people's heads, it automatically becomes a issue, right? And then it's an issue for both sides, right? Like, one side has to be humble. One side has to domineer, right? Like that's not the right word, but like one side has to like take control. And, and in addition to that, like, so you, you kind of get that, like, I, I call it better lack, but we like a dick measuring contest of like basketball skill, right? Like our basketball coaching skill. I do think bringing in more mature people who kind of understand what is asked of them have had coaching experience kind of understand what it's like to be in high game pressure situations and make decisions, I think is what Kyle needs right now. I think that was the biggest missing piece was that his rotations and it got better as the year went on, but as like the rotations element of like not overthinking things, just like kind of getting to a point where the players play. I think Jay underthought it. I thought Kyle exhibited that he had a, an ability to extend the lineup a little bit more. So it was more thoughtful, but, but sometimes the more thoughtful prevents you from winning because it's almost easier to like think less and just let players play. And I think that's what Jay got later on. I think that's why that 22 team made the final four is because Jay said like, I'm not fucking with this, right? Like, like I don't trust the other guys. So these guys are going to roll. And I'll I'll, tr- I'll lose with my best bullets was kind of Jay's 22 thing. I think Kyle changed that rightly the following year, but I think he needed somebody to provide a little bit of sense of maturity and like a steadier hand. So I, I think all those moves line up well for Kyle next year. I think Halkovich moving on, he needed to. You're still going to have some of that. 
young guys, whatever, but I do think the more maturity around the program helps kind of those young guys kind of stay in the right line and understand the pecking order better. Yeah, I don't have anything really to disagree with that. I agree with that take. <laughs> yeah, not not that there's anything like that I know about at least that was like, oh, these these guys weren't getting along on the on the bench. Like obviously they're all still working there. Um so we can say based on our own experiences and in, in our walks of life that like this happens. It's not necessarily happening there, but I'm I agree with you. It's great to have Ash back, a little more experience. Um Baker's obviously a huge help too with just taking ownership of some of the other areas so that Kyle can just coach and recruit and not have to worry about the business side of things, so to speak. So that'll be huge. Yeah. All right. One last thing. We haven't done our heart monitor yet. We do have to heart monitor. And I have a heart about monitor? one tweet. Yeah. So I would like to talk. I would like to talk about a couple of the players. Just there's, there's nuggets to say about everybody. Not everybody, but a couple. Oh, I like the use of the word I see nuggets. What you did there. Yes. So obviously, Nuggets. I don't know if they can stand the heat as Nuggets Heat are playing each other. One-one. Um, Colin cheering from the bench, looking great. Over nineteen and a half high fives a game, looking fantastic. Um, Kyle. I didn't. I haven't seen the game, but it sounds like he had a key play that happened at the end of this game. Um, being being very pivotal, super important for him. Great time. Gonna just kind of speed through these because we want to get to the big one here. Uh, Cam in the draft process. If you guys don't know, draft I believe is June twenty second. Um, we'll probably go in the top seven picks. I'm gonna say. Do you know what as high as three? I think as high as I don't think he goes two. I think high as three. I'd expect Cam to go three, three through seven. I don't think I. I would be shocked if he falls to eighth. Um, so we will likely have at least a tie for our highest draft pick of all time, if not our highest draft pick of all time. Um, because I believe Tim Thomas was seven. Um, or Randy Foy was, was up there too. Foy was Foy was nine, maybe. Foy, yeah, Foy was Foy was close. Yeah. yeah. Um. Dante, not really much anything there. He can make Dante has a chance to make his first big contract this year. Um, he just like has a player option with the Warriors, could sign opt out of it, whatever. But this is the chance for him to make like 30, 40 million dollars. So kudos to him. Um, Brunson and Bridges both have committed to play for Team USA in the FIBA World Cup. You'll remember it, or you might not remember, but in 2019, we finished in seventh. That was like a team that was led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It was pretty bad. We were just, it was a bad, bad time. Uh, but Brunson and Bridges are playing together, uh, Team USA. And the person we want to talk about, the namesake of the heart monitor, the freak of the week, um, Josh Hart. If you haven't seen his tweet, don't look it up. Um, <laughs> Tweeted last week, out of the blue, mind you, out of the blue, tweets. Not out of the blue. He has a new kid. Yes, he has a new kid, but. Two. Two. He has has two new kids, Um, but it's out of the blue. (laughs) There was no one prompted him to tweet this. No one asked for it. (laughs) No one asked for it. Somebody asked. Somebody asked. A friend asked. Yes. He said, (laughs) asking for a friend. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, but we get back to wording of it. Have any of these new husbands tried their wife's breast milk? 
And what bothers me new dad, so much new about dads. it. New dads. Important clarification. New dads. New dads. New dads. Sorry. New dads. <laughs> new dads. Thank you. What bothers me so much about this isn't, isn't even that, which is a lot. It's the doubling and tripling down to where he described the taste and mute your turn it off if you don't want to hear it as sweet sweet almond milk which is the most it's like the worst way yeah it's real disturbing it's very disturbing all right he was invited to Stephen a smith's tv show or whatever it was a podcast and he a. just smith went had... he kept on the he stayed on the pedal he's uh he needs twitter he needs to, someone needs to take away his twitter jail <laughs> okay I personally, so I'm a oh, dad. God. I personally have never done that. Chris, but, tread carefully. <laughs> but what I can say is, having spoken to other dads, that it's at least a topic of conversation that's come up before. Yeah, that doesn't it's mean the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you know that I mean? doesn't mean you don't tweet it. <laughs> that you tweet it. Don't tweet it. That stays between friends, not the internet. It's that. <laughs> yeah. It's and, that. Don't double down. Don't triple down. You don't need to do all those things. Like, I think the comment here is that he could do less. Like, he could do less. I do less. <laughs> and it's funny. It's because it's like, I would never encourage him to do less when he's singing Don't Stop Believing on the bench. But, like, do less here. He has he has a history of just, like, ridiculous. Tw- like, he's the guy that's never heard of Google. He always is tweeting, like, hey, does anyone know the answer to this basic question? That, <laughs> yep. you know, like, he's just... He's he's unapologetically himself, um, which is you know we love him for it, but it's definitely got noticed this week. <laughs> Anyone know what time the Chipotle in Brooklyn closes? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to find that info otherwise. <laughs> oh boy! Now look, I am uh, I'm always a big Josh Hart supporter, as has been the case since the beginning of this podcast. Josh Hart is an open invite to come on the podcast. And I'd be happy to talk with him about the subject. But but nobody wants that, Chris. Nobody <laughs> wants that content. Everybody wants it. Everybody not, wants it. Not that topic. That guest, yes. And an open call to that guest, yes. Nobody <laughs> wants that on the agenda. Father's Day episode idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Fucking. Oh, also, yeah, he has a chance to make like $80 million this year. So that'll be cool. Good for him. Yeah. Buy all the breast milk you want. New boosters. <laughs> New boosters for the NIL program. Yeah. I don't think the issue is buying breast milk, Willie. I think that's, <laughs> that's not the problem. It's it's self-made. <laughs> if he was buying it, it's different. Yeah. yeah. If he was buying it, then I got a lot more questions. Yeah, right. But it's like, different. like, are you part of the Illuminati? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> but anyway. Um so so we got so so we got heart. We have to hit Brunson just a tad. Just like, oh yeah. Uh, what can you say? I, I mean, like Jalen Brunson. Like, here was a question that came up recently: Is Jalen Brunson a point guard on a championship caliber team? Right. Like, if the Knicks were able to bring in the couple guys that they need to do to bring in, is he a point guard on a championship caliber team? I like read that tweet recently and i was like what else does this guy have to fucking do yeah. to prove it to anybody else completely 
like, but like I, but like people are still debating that. Like people are like, oh, if you put Brunson on the Heat right now, is he like? And if I'm you like, put Brunson on the Heat, the Heat are up two nothing probably. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, like. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know what else Jalen Brunson needs to do. Yeah. And 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 the deal that he's on again, I felt like I was taking crazy pills when people were arguing. <laughs> it's a declining deal. Okay. That's actually why he's a championship point guard because he's not making that much money. No, he's. I think I think he's 16th paid, highest paid point guard, and that was yep. as of last year. So you got to figure that's only gonna. He's gonna be like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20th, like and then, before the end so- of his contract. People are going to get higher than him, but also his contract gets less year over year. So he's get he's getting paid less money over time, which is a great deal for the Knicks. And like I mean, it's hundred four million dollars for him. So like I wouldn't complain either. If I were the Knicks, I'd fucking sign him to an extension right now. <laughs> I they'll find I a disagree. way to screw it up. I think if like, I'm the Knicks, yeah. I'm overjoyed at the contract I have him on, and I maybe sign him a year early to the extension. Yeah, but you ride you ride on the no. deal. You- with him for this next I'm a year. Villanova fan, and I'm like, sign him now. Do it now. If I'm the Knicks, I ban everybody from MSG that's asking this question. That's right. <laughs> and mean, they might do that. That's a don't give thing. don't give Dolan the idea. <laughs> don't give him an idea. He's exactly right. All right. We good on the heart monitor. I think we're good on the heart monitor. Final thing. Final topic. Right before we can wrap this up. At long last. Um, Chris, obviously tip time continuing on for, you're going into your fourth or fourth season? Fourth season. Yep. Love it. So obviously we part, we're both been part of the Nova insider network, um, over the last year, um, which was kind of like, a I don't want to, like a rented kind of name that we kind of worked out with Nova insider or whatever. But the new news, and we released it on a press release, is that we actually acquired the license rights to both the uh, the Twitter feed and the Instagram feed and whatever else um, social accounts that they have, along with the branding, to be the Nova Insider Network. We own it like like for a year or two, um, and we'll be able to market this. We're kind of bringing a family of content together. Um, obviously the full 40, we have Villanova tip time. We have the mainline minute with Tommy Godin, a winner of uh full 40, uh, 40 award, uh, Tommy Godin. Um, but we have a, but we have this, um, we, we, we have, we have this content thing. And obviously we have the Twitter spaces and all that uh, for the, for going forward. Bringing it all under an umbrella, massive Instagram following from Nova Insider. Obviously, we've built up, all of us have built up our Twitter profile quite a bit over over a period of time. So, like, we're really trying to bring this all to bear in like a cohesive manner going forward. So, stay on the lookout. We're gonna we're gonna boil throughout the summer um, at this, but but. Chris, I, I just wanted to get kind of interview you if I could for a moment. If you could tell us some of the things that you've done over the last few years uh, that you're bringing to the table. I'm going to bring the streaming piece to that too. That's part of what, what I'm looking for you to answer. But beyond that, like tell us a little bit more about your relationship 
here and kind of where you see this going forward. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Well, first of all, thanks guys for having me on this episode. I know the the 40s episode is a big one, and I know that also the official changing of the guard from Rob to Trevor. So, uh, you know, Trevor, I, I Trevor, I just I just slid into your DMs and I said, glad, you know, glad. Uh, good big night for me. Good to finally meet you, etc. Yeah. Uh, give me one second. There we go. Um, I think my uh. My like ring light just burned out. So that's fun. Um, in any case, uh, really appreciate the support that you guys have given me since I started doing this. I actually remember back to the 2018 final four, like Villanova, like pregame meetup thing that was at that like museum-y kind of place. Chris, if you remember, and yep. it was, I think you and Rob were just finishing your first season and that, you know, it was the first time we had all reconnected in a while. Um, and, and then when the pandemic hit, I was just tired of F Fox sports one, like going from like dirt rally racing, like literally right to tip off, like no, no introduction from the announcers, just straight up cut over from NASCAR today to ball being thrown in the air. And I was like, that's dumb. I feel like there are a lot of Villanovans who watch every game. A lot of Villanovans who would, you know, tune in to, to some knucklehead like me, you know, talking about the team, talking about the matchup, whatever, for a couple of minutes. But the challenge there was, even though there are a lot of, you know, the podcast market has obviously exploded across all sectors and genres. Uh, the challenge was you got to do this live. Um, you have to figure out timing. You have to figure out production. And I had never really done any of that. So as far as kind of, I think what I, what I've learned to bring to the table was that first season, not a lot, not many people were really watching. And that was probably a good thing. If you go dig up some of those, archival first year episodes they're probably some some pretty funny i was self-producing it through you know open source software um and then you know fast forward to now just having finished season three i think sort of the end of season two for me was really a kind of hit an inflection point of like oh man people are actually starting to watch um rob and chris and and brian super supportive you know as friends of the the full 40 we started to do stuff together around the big east tournament um, and then up leveled to be, you know, streaming live on Twitter. I think that was a big ad last year. And I know something that Chris, we've talked a lot about really being, you know, a priority for all of the programs in the Nova insider network is being able to not only have it live, but after the fact, um, so yeah, you know, it's one of those things where people, people keep, keep you know, even just a few people are watching and saying that they like it. Um, I love doing it. I love having, you know, something to, you know, hop on on game day and uh, kind of lead us into the game. I think it's something that Villanova really needs, uh, has really needed for a long time. And, you know, I'm lucky that I get to kind of fill that void a little bit in a very particular way in a, in a, in a what's otherwise a crowded market. Yeah. I, I think for me, it was kind of like the goal of kind of hit all the angles, right? Like, Obviously, the full 40 is the long form kind of like narrative discussion podcasts, kind of the 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 people sitting in have having a drink at the bar after the game, shooting a shit over about basketball, right? Like you kind of bring the pregame element, not kind of big time <laughs> appointment television, um, bring the pregame element uh, for, for everybody. And the twi Twitter spaces provides that instant reaction um, that that people are looking for in a lot of ways, and then and then the mainline minute that we're adding with Tommy and I, you know we all sung Tommy Tommy's praises earlier, um, but I think 
what Tommy's going to bring is that daily, semi-daily, like kind of like quick hitter, like what happened to Villanova hoops, right? Like he's, it's going to be more bite-sized. It's going to be a lot more like less long form, just like, here's the breaking news. It's like the, the way I think about it and the way he describes the show, Willie, tell me if you disagree. It's like the ticker, right? Like at the bottom, it's like, this is everything you need to know. And like, and Tommy's the best at doing that type of stuff, right? Like it's, it's a perfect fit for him and his talent level. So like, now you have the pregame, you have the instant reaction, you have the long form reaction and you have the, and you have the daily keep you up to speed on news and events. And like, to me, I'm super excited to bring that all together and to, and to have it coalesce under one umbrella because without having to have a written anything, you as a listener get everything that you could possibly ask for. You have the opinion, you have the, you have the, you have the pregame, you have the postgame, you have the, and you have the, the daily news that you need. And you can just stay with the Nova Insider Network. You can just stay on top of Villanova, right? Like with, with anything else. And like, not to say that I don't support, I do absolutely support the VU Hoops guys, the Attitude guys, Rain and Threes, um with a ray like and, and everything else in the content space the vu sports guys and everything like i we love all those guys like there's nothing there's nothing against it but it's just like when we're looking to kind of bring together a content network what are we looking for and for me it was about bringing together something that's both unique that doesn't exist elsewhere and also bringing something together that's like can really bring everything that you need to you so like that to me was like the key piece of this all. I think we, we've talked a lot about like not being pretentious about it either. So I think that's a, been an, always been an important thing for me. I think it's always been an important thing for you all. Like, yes, we are the fans that are watching every game and consuming as much content as we can, in addition to creating some ourselves. Um, and we want to engage with, with people that are, are that, you know, intense about it, but we also want to engage with people that, you know, you know, like they're, they're staying involved they're staying aware but maybe maybe they don't have time to like plan their schedule around every single game or or they're not following all the 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 little nuggets every day in the off season um i think being able to sort of corral what's important and help people cut through the noise a little bit in a in a way that's not overly pretentious and doesn't force you to be like an x's and o's expert in the game of basketball um i think is uh has always been an important element of what we're trying to do as well and just wait till we buy the rights from Fox and we start broadcasting games live. <laughs> I just wish I could figure out a way to hijack the pregame feed. Like, just give it to me. I'll do it. I'll do such a good job with it. Like, it'll be so much better than the, the, the daily NASCAR, like 5.30 Eastern PM show leading into big time Big East matchups is just an insane program. Uh, it's, it's wild. It's a choice. It's I a like choice. watching the choice. Coach. It's somebody's making and authorizing that as a choice. I like watching the go-karts though, like the NASCAR, whatever, <laughs> the go-karts that go over the, like the monster track with the dirt. That's cool. So I don't want them to cancel that. And there are Villanovans out there that are watching like the last couple minutes of go-kart racing. And I this at least, like hope, I mean, if they're doing mad. that, I at least hope they don't know who I am yet because that would just be too crushing to my ego. If they're like Nataro or the go-karts, go-karts. <laughs> 
<laughs> from Tommy Boy, yeah. Yeah, gladiators. Gladiators are the news. <laughs> um, the other thing, I, I, I'm really excited about the format that Tommy G is going to be bringing, like with the quick hitters. I think it'll give, uh, you know, more of the nuggets and the insights. And we, we've all mentioned it, but the track that Tommy's on and sort of the kind of the old school sports journalism vibe to how he conducts his business, um, I think is going to bring a lot of unique insight to the content across all of these shows, as I'm sure you'll have him as a guest. I'm sure I'll have him as a guest. Um, but I, I'm I'm excited for that, like, unique and legitimate press row insight that that he's going to bring to the bring to the table as well i love it all right this might be the longest episode ever so i think we need to put it to bed (laughs) it's downhill from here for me yeah 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 at this point i haven't even poured a new glass of whiskey in like like 45 minutes um but but with all that said obviously huge thanks to everybody brian Applause to you. Thank yep. you again for another great season. Rachel wasn't able to make it tonight, but again, kudos to her. Um, we thank and applaud Rob and salute Rob on his his absolute incredible effort um, as a co-host here, um, as one of my best friends for for, for years on end. Um, but but um, but really, more than anything else, really appreciate you guys as listeners. Um, you know, obviously as the off season hits, we get a little bit less consistent with our content. We're going to work on trying to find something over the summer, but be patient with us. We're going to try and bring this business. I'm calling it business with air quotes, but like we're going to try and bring this business together a little bit uh, and get, and get right as we enter season seven of the podcast. Um, So really appreciate it. Stay tuned with the Nova Insider Network going forward. We're very excited about what's to come. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Nova.